Welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. Welcome. Well, I want to say welcome to all of our campuses. I want to say welcome to those of you who uh, thought it was too nice on Saturday to come to church and decided to come on Sunday today. I want to say hello to you on Facebook Live and online, especially those of you who uh, watched it online today because you had a little too much Cinco in your DeMaio. Well, it's all good. We are glad that you are here. We're doing, uh, doing this series about our mouth. But before we do that, i gotta, I got to bring out a couple of our monster volunteers because I, I wanted to do this live online. Art and Betty, come out here. All right, Art and Betty, like how many years ago did you move to Indiana? Last year. Okay, last year they got smart. I've been telling you guys, moved to Indiana, right? Last year they got smart, moved to Indiana, but they've been coming back over two hours. They've been coming back and forth on the weekends to help us. Some weekends they get a motel so that they can work on Saturday and work on Sunday. They finally decided they're going to actually live in Indiana. This is their last weekend. Would you just thank them for me? I love you guys so much. Thank you. That's so awesome. (laughs) That's so fun. If enough of you move to Indiana, maybe I can move there and we can start a campus over there and we can see what happens, okay? I'm just saying. Um, hey, I want to tell you about next weekend, Warrior Weekend um, is what we're, ca- what we're calling it. I mean, it's Mother's Day, but I don't want, if you're like, if you're like oh, Mother's Day's not my thing for whatever reason, I understand that. Um, we're going to also, uh, we're going to talk about women. Uh, I've got, we've got a, a video interview with my mother-in-law, my wife and my mother-in-law. You wouldn't want to miss that. She may say something about me. Um, we've also got uh, my daughter coming in from California. My daughter, Becca, is on the pastoral staff at Mariner's Church in California. And we want to talk about empowering women. We, we just want to talk about what, it, what it's like. Uh, my wife and I raised three daughters and, uh, and what we did right and wrong maybe to help them as women in our culture to live the potential that God has given them. I have a real heart for that. And we're going to talk about that uh, along the way in next weekend. And I just want to invite you to come. It's going to be a blast. All right. So the tongue has the power of life and death. That's what we've been talking about. A uh, pastor stopped at a garage sale one day and needed a lawnmower. And there was a lawnmower there. It was running already. It looked like it was, it was doing pretty good. So he bought it. Next day, he's out trying to start it. He's out in his front yard, you know, trying to start the thing. He's, it's not working. And he sees the kid ride by on his bicycle that was the kid from the garage sale. He's like, hey, aren't you from the house where I bought this? And the kid said, yeah. He said, do you know how to start this thing? And the kid said, yeah, you have to cuss it. The pastor said, well, now listen, I, I'm a pastor, and I, if I ever did know how to swear, I'm not saying that I, that, I, that I did, I've forgotten how to after all these years. With a wisdom beyond his years, the kid said, Pastor, you just keep on pulling that thing. It'll come back to you. <laughs> Isn't that true? Here's the, here's the problem. I'm going to preach to myself again. Um, this is one of my, like, sometimes I preach from favorite passages of the Bible. This is one of my least favorite passages of the Bible. I need to preach from that too because I need to hear this. My dear brothers, James said, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Uh, Fortunately, I got to admit to you again today, I have a problem with this also. 
I mean, you probably do too, but let's just be honest. I've been honest all the way through this big fat mouth series um, that, that it's not, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a good area of my life. The first week I talked about complaining, and I have a problem with that. Then last week I talked about boasting and pride, and I got a problem with that. And today it's angry speech, and I have a problem with that. Because when James says, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry, that's the opposite of what I am. I'm slow to listen, I'm quick to speak, and I'm quick to become angry. But I need to bring something up right up front that I don't really understand how it happened. How did Pastor Todd end up with the one positive sermon on the mouth? (laughs) Anybody notice this? I mean, the tongue has a power of life and death, so yeah, he got a life one, and I ended up with all the death. I don't understand. Hi, my name's Tim. I have death mouth. Hi, I'm Todd. Here's a napkin. Share Jesus. I mean, it... (laughs) I, I'm in charge. I don't know how it happened, but it doesn't look good for me right now. That's what I'm saying. I just want you to know I told Todd I was going to say that and complain about it, and he said several profane words, which I can't obviously repeat right now. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not being critical. I'm just, I'm just stating the facts, right? Isn't that what we usually say? I'm not being critical. I'm just stating the facts. Because the, the problem with angry talk or criticism or whatever it is is that I really don't see it. I usually don't see it in me. I only see it in you because I'm just right. I just care about stuff, and stuff needs to get done, right? The world is broken. I want to fix it. It's not criticism. It's that God has a wonderful plan for your life, and I happen to know what it is. That's all it is, okay? So notice it says be slow to anger. I need to put this right out there first. Um, I'm working on a book about what made Jesus mad, And, and, and the whole thing is Jesus did get angry. I mean, we, it, anger is not something that we can help in ourselves. It's what we do with it that makes a difference. And Jesus was angry with the religious leaders because they were blocking people from getting to the Father. What, what we do with our anger is what's important. And why we're angry is what's important. Paul said, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. You can't help your emotions. It's what you do with them. If you do the wrong thing with them, you're giving the devil a foothold, okay? A better translation might be you're giving him a guest room in your house. Would you do that? Would you give the devil a guest room? Well, he could stay for a few days. No, he belongs in hell, not in your heart, okay? But when we react poorly because of our anger, sinfully because of our anger, um, we're letting the devil come in. Now, There are two kinds. The problem with this whole thing is that some of you are sitting there right now going, boy, I'm sure glad he's talking about this because somebody else needs to hear it because you don't think you have a problem with it. The rest of you, you could just admit it with me. We know we have a problem with it, and here's why. There are two basic problems with the way we react to anger. Some of us are spewers and some of us are stewers. Okay? Some of us just, just do it, you know, it's just like right now it's coming out, and some of us it let it festers in there for a little while. Okay? The spewers are the one who express their anger right up front. If you're a spewer like me, you got a short fuse, a hot temper, when you're angry, everybody knows about it, you're like a skunk. Do you understand? How many of you are skunks? All of our campuses online, I want to say, just admit it, okay? It's about half of us, probably, right? You really, if you're really honest, you're a skunk. Okay? We know who you are. You smell. We can tell. <laughs> Skunks spew. 
That's what they do. They emit what's going on inside of them. Whenever they're thinking about it, it just comes out. I, I don't want to be gross, but I, I, you just have to go with me on this, okay? Please take a moment and remember a time when your child or your brother or your sister or friend was sick and they, for whatever reason, you were in the way and they spewed on you, okay? If you're a parent, you know what's happened. You know, you cupped your hands to try to, like, you could hold it, right? Save the carpet. Dad, you, you know you did it. Daddy, I don't feel so good, right? Okay. What happened to them? What happened to them when, when that happened? They felt better, right? Because they got it out. See, that's what happened. Hey, nice catch, Dad. Thanks for that. Let's go get ice cream, right, as soon as they're done. But how did you feel after that happened? Not so good. You felt like re-spewing, right? That is the biological and the spiritual nature of spewing. Let me just say to you, all my homies in the spew club, the Bible says we are really, really dumb. Foolish, actually. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. One doctor I was reading on this said that you could subtract a week of your life for every outburst of temper that you let go. One week of your life. That makes me like 95 in anger years. Do you understand that? And now, now the, the, the problem with this whole thing is that there's a second group of you out there, and you're feeling pretty high and mighty right now because you don't spew right away. You hang on to it. You, you, you're the stewer, okay? Fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. And you think you're keeping yourself under control, except we know that you're mad. We know that something's going on in there, and you're having the same issue going on. And honestly, we never know when you're going to emit. We never know when you're going to spew later on because you've got all these things inside, and at some point they are going to come out. If we haven't dealt with them, we can still do anger and sin in a bad way, even if we don't spew. Okay? That, that's the nature of anger. Now, my wife and I, uh, we're both pretty spewish, okay? We follow the spewish calendar. We observe spewish <laughs> holidays. You get, my, you get my drift, right? Uh, I think if I had a choice, I'd rather live with a spewer than a stewer. Because if you're both stewers in a marriage, for example, it can last a really long time. And, you, you, and this is what he said. He said, don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Have you ever done that? Have you let, let the sun go down in your, in your marriage while you're angry? What do you do? You sleep in fighting position. You know what I'm saying? You're facing one way and they're facing the other way, and the first one that touches loses, right? <laughs> that, that's what happens, okay? Let me just see a show of hands. How many of you are turtles? You just kind of hold it inside, never know. Don't think about it. Just tell me, okay, right? You're, okay, so about half of us are one way or the other. So, so both turtles and skunks, to James would say to this, he would say everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What I want to focus on is the one part of this that fits into my big fat mouth, and that is be slow to speak, okay? Let me give you another scripture that goes with this. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise, okay? Stewards, you do a little bit better at this than the spewers do, but one way or another, we've got to figure out how to do this better. And the problem with our mouth, with our communication, is that once it's out there, especially in the world we live now, it's hard to get it back. 
I was laughing at this newspaper retraction this week. Due to incorrect information, uh, Diane Merchant, 38, was incorrectly listed as being fined for prostitution in Wednesday's paper. Charge should have been failure to stop at a railroad crossing. <laughs> yeah, you know, once it's out there, uh, I don't think Diane was real happy about that, okay? I mean, well, once it gets out there, it's hard to get it back. And again, here we are this week. Please understand that as we talk about my big fat mouth, it's really not about my mouth. It's about our communication in general today. Slow to speak has an entirely new connotation today than it did back in James's day. I mean, I was thinking about that this week. I mean, they didn't have instant communication with anyone except the people that could hear them. You know, if they were mad at somebody in their house, then, then they had to be slow to speak. Otherwise, they had to walk over to somebody's house to yell at them, right? And by the, at least by the time they got over there, they, they were cooled down maybe a little bit. And if somebody far away they were mad at, they had to write them a letter or something. I mean, it took a long time, and they couldn't do it the same. Now, we can, we can pull this thing out and shoot somebody an angry text or, or an angry email or post something or tweet something instantly. And we say all kinds of stuff on this, on, on, on the web, that we would never, ever say in person, right? I heard Katy Perry and Luke Bryan talking about this on American Idol. I've been enjoying American Idol this year with Lionel on there as well. It's been, it's been fun. And Katy Perry and, and Luke Bryan were talking to this young contestant um, just, just recently, and, and she's really good, and she's really quirky, and she had been on social media reading the comments section. And, and, and it was like Luke and Katie were both ready to crawl over the table, and they were like, do not go on social media and read what people say about you. Do not go into the comments section. I mean, can you imagine what it's like for them to understand? I mean, they got people griping at them all the way through, right? They got all kinds of haters out there, and, and they were literally demanding this girl not to go on social media and listen to the haters because it would destroy them. And Katy Perry said, WWW stands for Wild Wild West. I thought, you know, that is spot on. It's like the web has created this place where we can just all walk around with our six shooters on our belt, you know? <laughs> Somebody says something we don't like, we just pull it out and shoot them. That's what we do. So whether it comes to racial issues or political issues or personal issues or opinions about the Kardashians or whatever it is, boys and girls, can I tell you something? When you put it on the internet, it lives forever. We should have learned that by now. It lives forever. And you have no idea who's going to read it. And it's not retractable, no matter what you try to do. So slow to speak. You see what I'm saying? It has a really different connotation. Let me show you a verse that you will probably all recognize, okay? And then show you the rest of the verse that you probably won't. Even if you've never been in church before, never read the Bible before, you've heard this verse. For the whole law, Paul said, can be summed up in one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Golden rule. We know that. Okay. Yeah, the Bible says that's what we're supposed to do. Love our neighbor as yourself. Now listen to the rest of the verse. If you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. Wow. Doesn't it seem like we kind of leave that part out? Doesn't it seem like Paul's been given the ability to look 2,000 years into the future and, and warn us about the world that we live in now? Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, okay. Well, I think I'm doing that. 
Well, I'm not sure. How should I do that? Well, you could start by not chewing off their flesh. <laughs> Live the golden rule and knock off Jurassic Park. That's what he's saying, okay? And listen, the reason I'm so passionate about this is because Christianity has a problem out there right now. We people that represent Jesus have a problem out there right now because people from the outside are looking at us and all they see is biting and devouring. They don't see loving our neighbor as ourselves. We're doing it, but as soon as you put out this criticism, as soon as you put out all this negative stuff out there in the world, that's what they see. And nobody is going to want to sit down and look at your napkin and hear anything about God's love if they don't see it in your life. They don't see our light shine before men so that we, they can glorify our Father in heaven because our criticism is slamming the door shut. There is so much scripture on this. Here's another one. Some people make cutting remarks. You know who those people are, right? I mean, they, that's just what they do. They criticize. Craig Groeschel wrote about this. He says, it's like your grandma says to you, did you lose your phone? No, Grandma, why? Because you haven't called me in two weeks. I could have been dead and nobody would have known. You got Grandma burned right there. I mean, you got people in your life, right? You just know they're going to be kind of critical. That's who they are. Some people make cutting remarks, but look at the other side. But the words of the wise bring healing. Some people cut, hurt, criticize. I'm, I'm good at that. Some people bite and devour. I'm good at that. But other people speak words of wisdom that build up. They don't tear down, they create healing. And that's what we're called to do as Christians. Paul also said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. What type of person do you want to be? We decided we'd get some people together, um, just different people. Uh, different races, different backgrounds, different ages, different genders, and let them talk about some of these questions. And we put it on a video. Here's our interview. What is your biggest pet peeve? I was going to say uh, people going slow on the left-hand lane on the interstate, but um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Just, just general inconsideration. Yeah. It just drives me freaking up a wall. My biggest pet peeve is people who aren't direct. Yes. Like, say what you mean and mean yes. what you say. Like, yes. If you want something from me, just ask. Right. Don't, like, butter me uh -uh. up. No. Don't, yeah. No, I agree. What makes you angry? A lot of things make me angry. I'm hangry right now, that makes me angry, I'm hungry. One of mine is being cut off in traffic. I, oh, that's good. I can't stand it. But the first thing you do is you say, I can't believe they would do that to me. As if they're going, watch what I'm gonna do to yeah. David or Casey. I've and, been waiting for this all day. Yeah, and then you cut, like then I cut somebody off and yeah. I watch them blow the horn and salute me and all that stuff and I go, what, it wasn't personal. Why is it hard to let go of what makes you angry? Well, by nature, if you're mad about something, you feel passionate about it. Yeah. It's almost a personal thing, probably, and um, people like to hold on to anger. It's just makes them feel stronger than letting it go. 
I think it's easier to hold grudges than it is to find forgiveness. I think also too that it's harder to forgive. Yeah. It takes more energy to forgive, more effort to forgive, and you don't have a reason to forgive someone who does you wrong. You want to hold that against them. So, mm-hmm. so if you look at the example of Jesus, what he does with anger, he's so much more free. Like there's so much more life in him because of what he does with it, as opposed to us who sort of hold on to it. Yeah. We cultivate it. We stew like it like a like a seed. We plant it and we we grow it and we cultivate it and we take care of it until it grows into this big monstrous bush. Oh, yeah. And then by the time we're ready to deal with it. Well, it's the roots are deep and the trunk is thick and how do you how do you dig it out? Do you think Christians are angry about the right things or the wrong things? I think we get too wrapped up in judging what people do mm-hmm. rather than loving you know, the creation that they are. That's know. good. A lot of times we blend the line of what is the the actual problem and what is the solution. Because the solution's not a street corner. The solution's a relationship. Hmm. Uh, the solution isn't shouting and condemning. The solution is love and understanding and being Jesus. If us as Christians, if we are viewing other people in the world that who are not Christians, or maybe they don't act like a Christian and they claim that they are, it would, it's hard for us to be accepting of that because we may think that we're better than them. And how are we supposed to expect those that don't believe, those that don't serve God, to obey the laws and statutes of God? Exactly. We judge ourselves. We judge those who say they are Christians and they don't walk accordingly. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's no surprise that people who don't serve God and don't believe in God and don't want to have anything to do with God do things that are not godly. Do you think the American people as a whole are angry? I think we're at a kind of a crossroads. You know, people that want this ideal America that they think they Mm -hmm. grew up with, and people that want um, a new America where, you know, the playing field's level. Yeah. I think if we learned how to respect each other's opinion, I don't necessarily have to agree, but to respect it Mm -hmm. because uh, at the end of the day, I see you as my brother. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So why do people post and share words of anger on social media? They got that internet courage. They they know they can say whatever they want to say, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to do anything about it? And I think we've lost completely the ability to debate. Like, to oh have gosh. one side, and then yeah. hear the other side, no. and do it in, like, a rational fashion. Now it's just extreme sound bites from each yes. side. Where, as I feel that most of us are somewhere in the middle. They're gonna passive aggressively type something out, send it, there's gonna be like four replies on that, and then they're just not gonna respond because yeah. they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was starting something. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you knew what you were doing, you just don't like the outcome. Yeah. What does it take to get over anger? I, I, go, to, I go to prayer. Man, um, that's my answer. You know, <laughs> like sometimes, that doesn't quite work for me, you know, it's on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talk talk to my friends too. I have good friends who tell it like it is to me, say, hey, I've noticed you're a little angry lately, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have those authentic relationships and friendships, I think. Accountability. Right. 
maybe the best way to get over anger is to find someone we are angry at and just listen to them and say, I don't agree with you, but tell me more about where you're at. Mm. Me staying angry only hurts one person, and that's me. Because that anger will turn into hatred, it will turn into bitterness, it will turn into resentment. I practice not being angry. <laughs> yeah. I practice not using angry words to my family members, friends, and my you know, my kids and stuff. I don't wanna I don't want to throw something out there that I can never take back anymore. But that's taken years of learning for sure. Thank you guys. Yeah, man. Wow. We'll, we'll post that, you know, and you can put angry comments on it if you want, but we'll post, we'll, I'm just kidding. Some great wisdom in there, wasn't there? I mean, Percy's saying, well, we just gotta, we gotta listen from respect, right? And it's not about the street corner. It's about relationship. There's so many good nuggets of truth in there. And that's kind of where we're at in America, at least today. And, and probably wherever you're listening to me online right now, that's where we're at. Christi I think Christianity is at a crossroads where the people on the outside, or like, are, are you guys hangry all the time? I mean, what, what is going on? Because it feels like there's so much preaching and so little love. So I just want to give you, I want to give you the two options I think that we have to choose between. Not saying that we don't have opinions, not saying that we don't believe in the Bible and what it says, not, not saying that we don't ha have the ability to do that. It's how we do it that makes a difference, okay? And this is from Craig Rochelle on Big Fat Mouth. I want you to understand that. He, can, he said there are two different options that we can hit right here. We, we can hit the first one and we can be a fault finder. Because of our sin nature, that's what we tend to want to do. We want to find fault with somebody else. I don't like the way you walk. I don't like the music you listen to. I don't like the, your jokes. I don't like the way you snore. I don't like the way you breathe. I can't believe she posted that on Instagram. Can you believe the way they raise their kids? I mean, if they're going to raise their kids like that, they might as well put them in prison right now. And we just can't not find fault in the people that are out there. And again, the problem is if you're feeling that on the inside, it's one thing. But when you're posting it out there on the internet, everybody else gets to see it. And Craig said, made a great point. When we're a fault finder, we're not like Jesus. We are like the people that killed Jesus. Let me say that again. If we're a fault finder, we're not like Jesus. We're like the people who killed Jesus. We are like the religious leaders, the Pharisees. We, we, are, we are like the people who were the judgment givers back in that day that Jesus was always mad at, by the way. They're not, a, not only just a Pharisee, we're like the devil. Because one of the names for the devil is he is the one who devours. He's a devourer. He is a roaring lion. He's called the accuser because he accuses people before God day and night. The devil is like the chief fault finder. And the people in Jesus' day that were the fault finders were also the religious people, right? They, they were the ones who were quick to speak. They were the ones who were casting judgment. And the problem, and again, it goes back to what we've been talking about for several weeks here. The problem is I don't understand where you're coming from. We've talked about this racially. We've talked about how we need to sit down with somebody and we need to help them to understand where we've come from and we need them to help us understand their perspective because we don't get it. Crochelle had a great comment about parenting. It's like before you're a parent, 
And you're just like, man, I can't believe those people. They're such bad parents. You'd see them with their two-year-old in the grocery store, and you'd be like, man, I, I'm not going to raise my kids that way because that kid is out of control. And he said, and the reason that you felt that way is because you didn't have a two-year-old yet. Once you have a two-year-old in a grocery store, you know you can't negotiate with terrorists, but it goes out the window, <laughs> right? You didn't know anything before because you didn't have one, and now you don't judge anybody. You're like, I know this is bad parenting. I surrender. I give up. You can have the candy. I'll buy you a pony. Just get in the car and don't embarrass me, right? But because once we understand things, it's a whole different angle. So we've been talking about this again for several weeks. Hashtag up to us is what we were doing. Um, and, and I just, I love the idea of finding somebody. I want to encourage you. Everybody's coming out from hibernation now. The weather finally warmed up. Find some neighbors. Find some people that are from a different racial background, religious background, whatever, different, different preference on things or whatever. And you know that. And you want to just sit down and listen to them. Quick to listen goes with slow to speak and slow to be angry. I know it does for me. People that I've disagreed with, people that I just didn't understand why they live life the way they do, and I sit down with them. It doesn't mean, I, it doesn't mean I'm accepting. It doesn't mean that I agree with how they're doing it, but I need to be quick to listen. I think if you've seen Hamilton, that, it's that, you know, that whole Aaron Burr thing. He just couldn't, he just couldn't get over Alexander Hamilton. And the, and the, and the line in the end of the, of the musical is, I should have known the world was wide enough for Hamilton and me. And that was all about his regret. Do you want to be a fault finder? That's your first choice. Or do you want to be a hope dealer? That's hope with an H. Somebody online just tuned in. What do you say? Not dope. Hope dealer. Do you want to be a hope dealer? Okay. Here's, here's what Paul said. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Right? Isn't that what we all want? Isn't that where we all want to be? May the God of hope fill me with joy and peace as I trust in him. Yes. Why? So that I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that hope comes out of me and people see the hope and they're like, I don't have hope. I can't find hope anywhere else. Where can I find the hope? They can't get to that if we're critical all the time, if we're angry all the time. I mean, do you want to be a fault finder or do you want to be a hope dealer? The Pharisees, the devil is a fault finder. Do you want to be like them? Have you ever met a critical person and you thought, man, I just want to be like them. They're so great. They're so critical. I love that. No, of course not. Nobody wants to be like that. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was full of hope. He's called our hope, the blessed hope, the living hope. And here's the difference. Whenever the Pharisees would find somebody that was a sinner, what would they do? They would find fault. Whenever Jesus would find somebody that was a sinner, what would he do? He would give them hope. Okay, so I mean, I'm talking about any way we deal with anybody on the outside. Those are our two choices. Who are you going to be like? There was a woman caught, I mean, literally working on this right now. In this book, the woman caught in the act of adultery. We don't know anything more about it than that. We know that, that she was, that, that they, somehow it was a test for Jesus. So somehow these religious leaders, these fault finders knew that this was going on and they grabbed this woman and the man's not there. We don't know what's going on. They grabbed this woman and they bring her to Jesus because she is guilty. And the Pharisees said, hey, we found fault with this woman, and the law says we should put her to death. That's exactly what it said, right? And they were pointing out everything that was wrong with this situation. And Jesus, what did he do? Did he look at her and go, oh, yeah, that's really bad. You're a bad person. 
No, Jesus turned back to the fault finders and he said, hey, whoever is without fault, you go right ahead. Take the stone you got in your hand and, and throw it at her if you're without fault. And they realized they weren't and they dropped the rocks and they walked away. And it was just Jesus with this woman. It's such a beautiful passage. It's just Jesus with this woman. And what does he say? Jesus' words are, I don't find fault with you either. Now, go. There's a better way to live. Go leave your life of sin. I'm not saying that what you did was right. I'm not saying that whatever situation you were in was a good one. I'm saying there's a better way to live. But Jesus, the hope dealer, said, neither do I condemn you. Now go leave your life of sin. The fault finders want to say, neither, you leave your life of sin You stop doing your bad stuff, and then I won't condemn you. Do you see the difference? That's that's how night and day the difference is between Jesus, the hope dealer, and the Pharisees, who are the fault finders. And we have no idea how foolish we look when we are critical and quick to speak in hate and anger and finding fault with everybody else. And we also, I know this is true for me, I don't, I don't, do it enough and I don't get it enough, we don't realize how much one word of encouragement can change a life forever. It's so easy to find fault. It's also easy to give hope. Here it is again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the needs, to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So your kid might not be the neatest kid, but they got a great heart. Why don't you, why don't you emphasize that? I mean, there's, there's a place for discipline. There's a place for rules. There's a place for all of that. But we can build up as we do it. Your roommate might eat your food and wear your clothes, but they're a good friend. Okay? Tell her that. You know, tell them that and go buy some more food. Your wife might not be the best whatever. Fill in the blank. Okay? Might not be the best cook but she's an incredible mom. Why don't you tell her that? By the way, it's Mother's Day next week. Just want to give you a little heads up, okay? Your husband may not win the Village Landscaping Award, okay? But what what does he do well? Can you build him up? How can we build each other up and benefit those who listen instead of biting and devouring one another and not showing that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Who are we? We're the people of God. We're the hope dealers. We're the, we're the people that are supposed to point people to Jesus who said, neither do I condemn you. Now there's a better way to live. So stop griping about everything on social media. Stop biting and devouring each other and love your neighbor as yourself. Point people to Jesus, the one who provides brokenness and gives us hope. And, and, and I'm not being hypothetical. I'm going to ask you to do it right now. I want you to pull out your phones right now. And we're going to do something. We're going to give you a little time. If you twist around the twisted sister a little bit and we go with we're not going to take it, how about if we're not going to take this anymore? How about if we're not going to take fault finding anymore? I, I, I want to encourage you. We're going to give you some examples. This is some things that you can do on the screen. Hashtag share hope if you want to go on social media. Or maybe there's just somebody right now you're like, oh, yeah, I really, one word of encouragement. I'm going to text them. I'm going to shoot them an email, whatever. I, I'm going to do this right now. If you do a social media post, put hashtag share hope on there, and we can all kind of watch it go together, and that's what we're going to do. And then we will worship and then we will do communion, okay? This is what we want to do. We want to give you a couple of minutes just to 
to be a hope dealer, okay? And, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, new, new, new song that's been in my brain. I'm a, I'm a music person. Uh, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors and Johnny Swim, kind of Americana, got together. They're Americana kind of groups, and they got together to do this song, and it's been rocking my world for two days. I just want to read you the lyrics because I, I don't really know where they're coming from spiritually, but they're talking about us, okay? The, the song is Ring the Bells, and it says, Ring the Bells, this time I mean it. Bid the hatred fare thee well. Give back the pieces of my Jesus and take your counterfeit to hell. Ring the bells. Let me, let me do that again. Ring the bells this time I mean it. Okay. Bid the hatred fare thee well. Give back the pieces of my Jesus. Take your counterfeit to hell. Bang the drums. This means war, but not the kind you're waiting for. We say mercy won't be rationed here. That's what we're fighting for. Let's ring the bells. God, I just want to pray for us right now as we take some time and think about who we need to text or, or, or email or encourage one way or the other. Maybe there's somebody we need to get on the phone with right as soon as we leave here. Maybe, maybe just something on social media. We just tweet something, post something right now and put hashtag share hope and say, hey, everybody, this is who we want to be. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be hope dealers. And Lord, help us. Help me to be quick, quicker to listen, and slower to spew and speak, and slower to become angry. That's the righteous life you desire. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.